Welcome to another episode of the How We See Things podcast. Sorry, we've been away for a while. I will take most of the um, credit or responsibility for that. (laughs) But like, that only means that we're coming to you guys. Like, we're coming back better, stronger, more streamlined, and with a very hot topic like to um, chew on this afternoon. Or whatever time like you're listening to this. It's like ten o'clock in the UK, but sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> guest. Um and um this is Dan Stark. And uh yeah, how we see things. It's it's been an interesting week, right? Yeah, yeah, it has. And like you know, there has been a what like the the dictionary definition of a hot topic um on everyone's mind and that's not to say that like that's what we do here, but like this particular hot topic is one that has really been, you know, at the forefront of like a lot of my should I say like philosophizing, like when I when I think about like life and you know what's going on around us, like this is one particular thing I reckon with. So the title of this episode is Black AF AF. Um I think like I can swear. Um on this podcast and like black <laughs> as fuck like as fuck and so that's, oh that's fuck with an f asterisk yeah yeah um so we have basically two yoruba men um um thousands of miles away from their motherland um yeah. one one of them both I'm, in the west anyway. yeah one, one one of them in the united kingdom the other one in the united states of america and you know this phenomenon of people like us, Yoruba, Hausa, Igbo, um, Nigerian at large, Cameroonian, Ethiopian, this phenomenon of dark-skinned African immigrants moving to the West has caused caused a bit a bit of tension. Would you say? Well, I mean, if the concept of immigration and emigration was was restricted to the last 10 years or so sure you could say it's caused tension but i mean there are people talking on this topic who weren't even born when uh yeah when 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 uh africans started migrating um but in any event you know the topic is raging and yeah it's it's definitely kicked off a lot of opinions i think we it fundamentally comes from uh, the organization called um, African Americans, I guess, of um, who are descended. Uh, yeah, African descendants of African American descendants of slaves. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was AADOS or ADOS, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, I also learned another term, which was foundational Black Americans as well. But- Foundational, foundational Black Americans, even right. if even if it might have existed, I guess like for a long time, mm-hmm. um, you could say that like it came into it, it was newly introduced like into the discourse, quote unquote, right. like recently this this it, week. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think was referring to a series of twist, Twitter Spaces. So we we've evolved from Clubhouse, which was the nirvana of uh the lockdown period um way too many people at home too much time on their hands too many brains 
unexercised, lots of talking, lots of shouting, lots of moderating. That was peak clubhouse, really. And that was where, you know, the ADOS mission, um, which I'd, I'd been aware of, became kind of visceral. And in terms of, I like, actually heard people speak about visual, you know, audio and actual voices. And yeah, it was, wanna, uh, it's migrated now, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I want to start like with, you know, the claims being made essentially and kind of like put them into two buckets. The the first one being that like, okay, like the AADOS, I guess we'll call them in the United States, are making a claim for reparations. Yeah. But I, but I think our suggestion quite openly that the beneficiaries of reparations should only be um, African-American descendants mm-hmm. of slaves. That's number one. Number two, you have the issue of, um, I guess, like economic migration and yeah. this and this idea that um, African immigrants are taking away economic opportunities, um, educational opportunities, generally upward social mobility opportunities away from African-Americans. Um, and, you know, those are like the, I guess, like two fundamental uh, tension points. So I guess, like, how do you feel about like those? You know, right. those claims. Thank you for those very lovely softballs. Um, mm. Flaming 98 mile an hour um, service. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, question number one, which is, or issue number one, I should say, which is the idea of reparations going to descendants of slaves. I might shock some people here, but I actually agree. I think mm-hmm. that not only is it their dues because enslavement over 400 years ago was one of the most, I think it's the most degrading act in human history. Um, I'm not comparing any other acts. I'm just saying. Do you mean like the concept of like slavery itself? I'm just, just, just to throw a spanner, just to throw a spanner in the works here. Mm-hmm. Do you mean like the general concept of slavery because like slavery has existed throughout human history across multiple societies or, or, and this is a genuine softball. Yeah. Do you mean do you mean specifically like the racial like form of slavery and the explicit like delineation between you know um white people and um black people for slave purposes and like the idea that like black people like were hereditary like you know slaves and um the myths that are propagated to you know um yeah. codify I guess like that like social status. No, no, both actually, and people yeah, like okay, I'm, okay, and I, I think this requires critical analysis here because when you talk about slavery, there were those who were buying the mm. the castigated as having enslaved and like I said, done terrible inhumane things to 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 buy chat people as chattels essentially, but we must never forget those who actually sold them, and and this is where I think. A lot of people actually don't engage with the the reality that some people somebody was selling these slaves, somebody was allowing trade to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, like so slavery, so slavery is an immoral, like evil. Yeah. This is what I'm saying, it's the worst. This yeah. is what I was trying to say. I wasn't saying it, it's because oh Caucasians were major in yeah. it. Um it's got in many ways, that's half the story. I think the untold story, which is even worse, is those of us who remained on the continent. Amongst us are those who perpetrated um, and who were 
who who families now probably enjoying the benefits of being slave sellers. So yeah. it's all well and good saying, oh, slave owners, slave owners. And obviously what they did was terrible. And what they did to our ancestors, brethren in taking them to plantations was heinous in terms of controlling them, in terms of dehumanizing them. Even when they were free, they were made three-fifths of men in the American constitution. Um, they were, they were, they I heard a very harrowing tale about how the White House was built. And apparently yeah. the slaves that would die, they would build on top of them. So that White House was built on black blood, African-American yeah. blood. I say that to say, to answer your first question, yes, I do think reparations should go to American descendants of slaves. Those who can prove their lineage um, should have some sort of reparations. Why not? Because... I see that slave owners who, at the abolishment of slavery, lost, quote-unquote, property, were still being, in case you didn't know, were still being paid off. Even, I think the UK government was still paying them off until the 2010s, if memory serves, amongst other yeah. in the world. So if the slave owners could be repaid, I think the slave descendants could be. Now, the mechanism for that, I haven't yet engaged with critically, so I'm not even going to go into that. How do you... Mm -hmm. in, who's a descendant of a slave, how do you trace lineages? A lot of documentation was destroyed. A lot of um, families have been, by the fact of their socioeconomic strata and the fact that there was complicitness in the dehumanization of vast amounts mm -hmm. of people, have just kind of lost track. They, they just lost, the, the, the records are lost. The archives are gone. So there's number one. Number two, um, the question of do economic migrants, do those seeking an, a, a better opportunity, like our parents who moved to the US and the UK respectively, um, like those who, you know, Nigerians are everywhere, guys. For, the, just yeah. for your info, Nigerians are all over the planet. If you go to Finland, they're there. They're in South Korea. No, no, but, but we're talking about like a specific, like, you know, phenomenon. Like a specific no, 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 I'm just, you know, a bit yeah. But I'm just talking about the idea of seeking better opportunities. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, okay. And to your second point, you say, do economic migrants or those who are seeking a better life, are they taking away jobs? That was your specific question. Now, I think it depends on a number of factors, but I see you want to speak. Go ahead. No, like it, it, it's the claim like being made by, you know, a number of, of people like... Um the Twitter space that kind of like inspired or, you know, this conversation we're having now, yep. um, it was one of them. It happens a lot on Clubhouse. It's a thing that people talk about. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, like, I, and, and it's something that you often hear from, you know, African-Americans and in these type of spaces, basically the claim that, you know, there are limited opportunities available for um, people of color, quote unquote. And like, there's even a, a tension with that word. Like some people don't like, like the term people of color. I, I, uh, like whether whether it's admissions to like legacy schools or job opportunities that like you know like a lot of like a lot of like African immigrants are taking away these opportunities from um, Black Americans. So um, that's that's like I was just like you know steel mining, I guess like the argument. And I, I I'm curious. I want to kind of hear from you. Like one, do you think like there is actually anything there? like at all, like in the claim, um, you know, that people are making. And um, two, 
what do you think like that that means i guess like for both like for the politics of um um the united states because i don't think this kind of tension exists like in the uk per se because everyone kind of like um it does it does and i, I think that's what i'm going to get to and this is why we're both here we have different perspectives yeah. i think you're speaking from your perspective which i understand in so far as um essentially what you're asking me is is there a socialized hierarchy that means that african americans see those who are closest to them in color and shade as essentially replacing them. When we're talking about taking off jobs, it's arguments are made about, okay, lower skilled jobs, those who are coming in who are essentially, you know, they argue that immigrants are cheaper, for example, and immigrants will come in and take lesser wages, won't be as, I had an example from a gentleman in space that immigrants wouldn't push back on bad behavior because they want their papers for argument's sake, you know? So things like that in terms of, you are essentially, you're black and black, yeah. You're African, I'm African American. We, they can entertain us, right? Because you come in with a different, non, and you know, because as an African American, that's all they know. America is all they know. For an African coming in, you're no, no, like, no, like, f- first of like the the first like um, bone of contention is: Do you acknowledge like a claim there? Like, is there competition for limited resources between? Um, black americans or legacy um people in the uk legacy black people in the uk and yeah. uh, these new immigrants so like in the uk you see it with for example the earliest black immigrants in this country um post the century i must state because there have been black people in the uk obviously there was also are, 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 are they a specific ethnicity yeah, yeah i'm going to differentiate the caribbean the british caribbean yeah. came in, in the windrush what is called the Windrush. So this was the idea of helping to remodernize Britain after the Second World War. Um, They were the foundational members of the National Health Service, which is a part of the UK. So they came in as nurses, as experienced, and this is the point I'm gonna draw. So if you compare the African, British Africans only started to come in the 80s and 90s, really. Latterly, probably in the 90s to the 2000s. So if you, it's a much shorter time, obviously, but it's a similar, we do see similar attitudes sometimes. Obviously, it's a lot different in terms of, there's actually almost a, there's a homogenized slave-based, you know, slave. No, no, um, no, no, but like, but like do Caribbeans like, or have like the Caribbeans in the UK had as much, which had as much influence on UK culture. Oh, and. And wait now, and dare I say, like, Black culture, I guess, like, globally, as Black Americans have um, on on American culture. So, like, so, like, um, and, and I kind of want to, like, segue into the next, like, uh, aspect of this conversation, which is, like, you know, the, the conceit here is that, like, Black people of any and every ethnicity uh-huh. uh fighting for like limited opportunities like in a white supremacist like yeah, and i think world to- or what? or construct no so 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 the question like i'm getting at like um, next is like what does it mean to be black <laughs> that's like it it, it 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 yeah like because <laughs> like i i i think like you know fundamentally like that's the that's the let me, let me peel it back let me peel it back a bit you made a very good i don't think we should gloss over it which is 
you said something about are they fighting for the same opportunities? Black Americans, um, Black Americans and Black African Americans who are um, of, you know, descendants of slaves versus African, you know, because you have a lot of, you might have second generation Nigerian Americans, for example. I think you have to look at the the standard or the strata of work because it's very different when you look at low income jobs compared to Nigerian doctors. Are you, so are you suggesting or Nigerians? I, I'm, I'm Nigerians and other... No, no, I'll speak, I've only speak to Nigerians because I know the Nigerian stats. 25% of Harvard graduates, 25% of Harvard graduates, 25% of Harvard graduates are Nigerians. I didn't say black graduates. I said Harvard yeah. are Nigerians. And Nigerians are 59% of Nigerians in the US have a master's degree. I believe it was 4% have a PhD. At the last census, it was estimated to half a million Nigerians. So you're talking about the most highly skilled. Nigerians are the most highly skilled immigrants. Let me, let me, let me push back again. Let me push back. Like what I, I detect you or a celebratory tone that you're taking. Um, so I think the argument that like some African-Americans are making is that is you know um in these like spaces at these like ivy league schools there are only like limited available for people of color or black people yeah and that um and that like african immigrants or nigerian immigrants are taking up like a lot of those spaces um and thus like they should stay in their country so what you're talking is, about is, I guess, like, you're, you're talking about a quota so so Again, do you want merit or do you want affirmative action? Because if you're saying, oh, Africans, I heard this was some of the net rhetoric that was being trotted out. Africans are not here on merit. Essentially, you know, they're just here because they're cheaper. It's not because they're good. It's just because they're cheaper. It's just because they're not as versed with the culture. So no, no, that, no, the no, person I that said that is ignorant now, like, let's, yeah, yeah, let's no, no, not just, waste just, our time with yeah, an ignorant yeah, person. Yeah. That was part of the discourse. Though. You say that's ignorant. You say that was... Yeah. It was 7,000 people in one of the rooms and people were co-signing that kind of rhetoric. You know, So the fact is, I have to state those facts because the quality of work isn't the same. So Ivy League school is one thing. Okay, you can say there's a quota. But no, no, no. I, 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 wait now, wait now. I, 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 I guess I like... I guess like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like um, strengthen... Mm. Argument, because you know, like that's that's what like we 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 do here, like essentially. Um, the, yeah. the claim, the, no, the, the claim, and and because like we're talking like within like the black community, quote unquote, mm-hmm. the quote unquote black community that includes like both like black American, like Caribbean, um, you know, British Caribbean people and African immigrants. Um, so. The claim being made is that there are limited opportunities again, which I which I want you to engage with. Um, that there are limited opportunities, like whether it's in um Ivy League schools or in like high profile like employment, like you know, opportunities, etc. 
the limited spaces for black people yeah and so like um the the increase of african immigrants in the us and the uk take away those opportunities um from um african-americans and or legacy um british caribbean people now you could say that like you could say that like you know it's the free market it's the free market and you know basically everyone you know deserves whatever they get mm-hmm. and if that if that's your argument but like you know I, I want you to engage with the legitimacy i guess like or I, not uh, i mean of the claim that is being made I don't, I, yeah, you're clever with words. You're clever with words. You you you've <laughs> you've given your position. You you stated your position inadvertently. Um, no, 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 no. I'm just I'm just have, I'm just trying have, to like I'm have, just trying to make like the conversation like richer because I haven't given my position at all. Like I'm I'm just trying to make like the conversation I, like richer. I think um, for me, I I, I agree. I agree that there are limited spaces. I agree that inadvertently, the more black people there are for a fixed mm-hmm. number of spaces. It's like, sorry to digress here. In the FIFA World Cup, there's only five spots for African nations, right? So mm-hmm. you have a continent of 52 countries trying to qualify for five spaces compared to like South America where they have like, I don't know, seven or whatever. And there's only like 20 South American countries. So the more black people there are, I agree. If, and I think this is a point I want to make. The issue here is the white supremacy that creates the quota system. It's not the fact, don't, don't go after, because who keeps, who, who issues the visas? Because these people are coming in on visas. Who is allowing them? Because trust me, if it wasn't suitable for the American government, they would stop Africans from coming. Yeah. So surely they're gaining something. And I think we have to engage critically here. Yes, there's limited opportunities. Of course, I agree. There's limited opportunities. There's perhaps you know, some quota system. I agree. I'm not, it would be disingenuous of me to disagree. However, that's not the issue. Mm-hmm. And if you want to affect policy, if you want to stop all black Africans coming in, tell your senators, tell your black American senators to put that legislature forward. And let's see how far you get with that. I just think it's one thing to point out the problems and to say, yeah, yeah there's quota issues. Yes. It's like telling me two plus two is four. Yeah. But what are you going to do with it? What are you doing with four? How do you affect change? I think that's reductive. The idea of, oh, let's limit this kind of nationalistic idea. You know, let's stop the borders with Brexit. You know, we had it. Let's, you know, if we stop the foreigners coming in, we'll have more jobs. That was the, that was the rhetoric that was being sold to people. That's not how it works. I think I think first and foremost, and this might be a conservative like position to take, but yeah, I I, I think um, it is perfectly normal for in groups to want to protect the limited resources available to them by limiting their number. So sure, we want you know we're welcoming, we want people, but like eventually, like places get crowded. You know, yeah. there's, there's like, like a fine line between like um, empty and dead lively you know energetic bubbling mm-hmm. and like packed too okay. full like sweaty yeah, yeah, yeah. I you hear it. these were the arguments i heard oh we're only an island the uk is only an island i'm i'm someone who loves geography right mm-hmm. they're part of the uk you live and within five miles nobody's around you so the idea that we say oh we don't want necessarily to 
have people come in to the country. We don't want people to, you know, to come in because they're going to take our jobs. I think it's very reductive because there's a lot of nuance to it. What type of jobs are we talking about? Firstly, are we talking about low-income jobs? Are we talking about contract jobs? Are we talking about mid-level jobs? Are we talking about jobs that require you to... Are Black Americans who are some of the most educated people, is there enough of them going into the academic pursuits? Are there enough of them becoming doctors, becoming nurses? Because, and I told you as someone who loves American sports, I see the encouragement that's given to joining the NBA. And we, as black people, we need to have these conversations. I see how many black people are in, the, in Nollywood, in Hollywood, in music. They don't need any so encouragement. Basically, so that. basically, if I, if I hear you correctly, Wait, if I hear it correctly, and if you're willing to bite the bullet, um, yeah, go on. So basically, you're making a cultural criticism. I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being fair in my analysis. The fact that the jobs, I, I want to know exactly what jobs they need to explain what jobs are being taken, right? Because if you're complaining about, oh, you know, they're taking nursing jobs, for example, okay. How many of my African-American cousins are actually going to get trained as nurses, right? How many of them are, you know, because it's, it's, it's one thing to say, I'll give you an example. I'm based in the UK. Um, US um, Hollywood, obviously, is a leading market. And I remember Samuel L. Jackson, I think, came out and said, there are too many British actors in the UK, in the US. They're taking our jobs. Um, Lakeith, um, what's his name, was crying on um, Clubhouse. Lakeith uh, Stanford. Was crying. I was like, oh, Daniel Kaluuya took my job. Daniel Kaluuya, why is it just Daniel Kaluuya? Because they're damn good. They work at their craft. Okay. I keep taking those jobs and they're doing excellent. No, okay. I need to say this. Sorry, sorry, you drew me up. So I'm going to say this here. The truth is, a lot of it is about, because these are black British. So this is the same. These are not even Africans now, yeah? Let's leave the African argument to the side. Because... I want to show you that it's a trend of, it's an attitude that black Americans in this discourse about opportunities seem to have. Jobs are not just gonna be left open to be filled because you're African American. That's no, wait, let's, let's, let's see if we can put a ribbon on let's, let's see if we can put a ribbon on this thing because like, I want you to get even more um, esoteric. So if I hear you correctly, you're making a cultural, criticism i say it again like you're um pointing out the fact that like um african-americans display certain tendencies i guess you know that they have a somewhat complicated relationship with like you know what they deserve or feel they deserve from life and from this world um <laughs> you said if, that if, not me. <laughs> if 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 I'm to like if I'm to um say like my own like view on the situation, I think I think um you know as a matter of pure politics, I think uh, it is well within the rights of any African American politician or any African American po- person like involved in politics to say that they recognize that we live in a white supremacist society. And that means that there are limited opportunities available for people of color. And, you know, given that um, African-Americans, quote unquote, um, have the first and best claim to the resources of the United States of America, 
then they should be they should be first okay. on the line. Um, they should be first on the line to okay, whatever like is available. There isn't a line. No, 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 no. I'm just that's the metaphorical line. Yeah. yeah now, okay. Wait. So n- now that we've established like both our position, I, I want us to like even like go um deeper. And like the question I asked earlier is like, what does because the tension here, the way I I kind of see it is basically like a an intra-black like you know question. What does it mean? What does it mean to be black? Um, who has the largest claim um, to blackness? If if we establish that, like you know, um, society basically, because um, we're we're seeing, I think, in the previous episode that like, oh, people like aren't black until like I wasn't black until I came to the U.S. Like mm-hmm. in your country, like in where where we're from, where you're about first or um, from Lagos first or whatever. Um, the tension here is, is, you know, what does it mean to be black? Because the issue is that, like, okay, to the outside, to the outside world, like to the white um, person or to the white face, we both look black, but we're not actually like the same. Because like yada yada yada, my name is like Jermaine Jackson, you know Johnson, and. My grandfather was in Mississippi, and like your name is like Kunta Kinti um, Tani Moloju, and you came from, <laughs> and you came from, and you came from, um, and you came from Nigeria or Ghana or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if so, if opportunities are being created here in these United States, where you know um, it is being done to kind of like make up for um, racism against my people, my people not being like you guys like there in Africa, my people being like my people that were here, that suffered the racism like here. Um, yeah. Um, that, that um, you know, like you guys don't come, to, you guys don't get to like, you know, reap the benefits of, of the reparations that are trying to be made now. And if you do like get these benefits, you should be more humble about it. Now, I don't agree with like that claim. Um, I think you know um, African Americans, and I, and I would say like I would add like these like legacy, you know, Caribbean like British Caribbean people in the UK, fail to recognize that the crime is actually like the color of your skin. You know, it's not the color of your skin, race to power, or times like or bracket like where you're from. Um, the crime is blackness itself. Um, now, I would I would take it a step like further and say that like one like major premise of white supremacy is the idea that um, you know black people, despite all the evil things that were done to them, were better off for the fact that. So by black people, I mean like black Americans um, were better off for the fact that like they were brought um, to the U.S. Um, and, you know, like if you, if you listen to like a, a lot of like black conservatives, like talk on the way like they like, yeah, I'm, I'm American. Like I, I don't have like any connection to this, like, you know, like blackness thing that you guys like talk about because like blackness like forever is... I guess like tainted 
So like the question I was asking earlier, like you know, I say it is like, what does it mean to be black, like okay. to you? Like, what right. does it mean to be black to you? No, do you consider yourself black? I am black. Like, a black I, person. Okay. And I, now, what does what does that mean? I think to me, black is color of your skin. Black okay. Okay. It's shared experiences. Black is um, an identity. No, 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 no. Let, let's not let's because black. Might not necessarily be color of your skin. Doesn't have to be color of your skin and like shared experiences. So if you're if you're saying color of your skin, I'm with you there. So I, I think one I, drop, one drop, two drop, three drop, hundred drop. You're black. You're black. No, no, um, I, I think no. I think and I think this is this is what I say. Like, okay. viewers will they'll start to learn your style of presenting arguments mm. and trying to shape the narrative, which is mm. is good. But I think sometimes you need to look at things critically and holistically mm. and just create a snapshot and you know keep like uh, finessing. no 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 like finessing it a, a point the reason i say that is because you cannot just say being black is the color of your skin and the reason i say that and i don't say being black is the color of your skin i mean like a marco a drop even looking quote unquote exotic is enough sometimes or people knowing your background right or knowing that because an, albi- an, albi- an albino isn't black in the terms of their skin actually looking black, but they are black because of the fact of their identity. And are, are, are people from are people from India black? No. Okay. No, and I said, and that's why I say black is an identity because someone like Meghan Markle, you might think because of you know there are parts of South America, for example, where you have. Um, mulattoes, right? Mm. People who over generations and generations um, have a darker tinge of white, essentially. But what makes them, what makes Meghan Markle black is the fact that her mother is a black woman. That's what, and that has then made her, a Meghan Markle, a black woman. And I'm saying this from what makes what makes, Meghan, what makes Meghan Markle's mother black? It's the color of her of color of her skin and her identity, and I think the identity point is very important. What identity are you referring to here? To me, is your genealogy. Okay. If you if 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 your lineage is black, you're black. In my opinion. So by black, you mean if your lineage goes back to Africa? Yeah. Okay. I'm with you yeah. on that. Yeah, because and and to answer your question, what is blackness? You're quite hundred percent right. When you no, that, that's it. If your lineage goes back to Africa, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. But in terms of like experience, my my person, okay, well, you know, I'm I not guess everybody's lineage goes back to Africa. <laughs> you, you <can> see. <laughs> no, no, no. What I mean is, when I say Africa, I mean you're linkable back to, uh, 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 I don't know the Latin the Latin name for the roots, black man, black woman, or black one of each, essentially. Mm. I'm, that's my that's my definition. Mm. So when 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 I look at the idea of what does black mean in terms of an African American versus black British, for example, I think I give it to them in so far as their awareness of their self. No, no, no. Don't, just say black, don't just say black American versus black British. Through yeah. through us inside too, black like the, the original black black like black black squared like yeah, black yeah. from Africa too. So. When you're in Africa, you don't realize unless you're in certain parts. If you're in, if you're born and you never leave Ketu, Ketu is a district, a part of Lagos. 
state yeah. of Nigeria, you don't think of yourself as black. At least when we grew up in the 90s, now maybe the world is a lot more connected. Um, and now you see and you're but more... We, but we knew that there was something <laughs> like... But we knew that there was something like a white man now. You knew, but you didn't live yeah. with it. Yeah. Now. That's why I said shared experience, right? Because when you're growing up there, what you're caring more about is colorism. Colorism is more important. Tribalism is more important in that society. You don't really think about... People would argue that like colorism is... Mm-hmm. A, it's the form of, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, not, not, not like a form of, per se, but an offshoot, I guess, like of white supremacy. Um, you yeah, know, the, white supremacy is like grand nephew or something. So the closer you are to white and, you know, the higher your strata. Yeah. It's the yeah. same idea of having, you know, in South Africa where you had the colors above actual... Um, darker skinned people, right? Yeah. Or above the colors, you had the Indians, right? And above the Indians, maybe you had even like, I don't know, Eastern European. And then you had, you know, pure, Euro- whatever, whatever kind of distinction. Um, so I think in terms of black culture now, when you talk about black culture, this is where I actually think that, you know, African Americans have taken the lead and we cannot, dis- that, that's a fact. If I look so- at so, so when you say black, I'm sorry to keep cutting you off again. Like yeah. When you say when you say black culture, is this an umbrella that inc- that you know covers both the black Caribbeans in the UK and black people like us, black Africans? Um, when you say so black say, culture, what I will say is, when I say black culture, I'm talking about black music and entertainment. We're talking about the social side of things, right? Yeah. Um, so we're saying so we're saying black Americans have monopolized pop, 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 have. Mo- we're saying black americans have monopolized essentially the term black like the meaning or what exactly mean to be black but okay. that, that stranglehold isn't quite the same i mean bob marley one of the most influential um artists in music full stop um people like Jimi hendrix who are mm-hmm. in origin and then obviously latterly we talk about Afrobeats brothers you know actual african Based music, you know, it's changing you know, the culture. The, fascin- the fascinating thing about it is that, like, for Bob or you know, like Fela or something, mm-hmm. um, Bob Marley is first and foremost like Jamaican, first and foremost like a reggae artist, like, yeah. he's black, and and like his blackness is important, like, for you know, his music and all of that, like, and what he stands for, but like. We were on it like like black Americans have monopolized the um the term, I guess like you know, the word like black, um what it means like socially to be black. Um and and you know, a question on, on that is like from your perspective, how do you think it came to be that way? Because majority of the black skinned people like the, the the thing it's actually referring to the black black you know like if you can't see i'm tapping my skin like uh-huh. the the thing it's referring to like the black skin in terms of that majority of those people are in africa how did it change and no 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 no, no how did it change um okay i guess you could say it changed but like how how did it be that like black americans like go to um oh. you know have this monopoly <laughs> right on okay what it means to be black we're, delving, we're, we're moving now into like real world kind of f- rather than a conceptual discussion I think evidence based right let's look at it black African Americans are some of the most resilient the most principled people 
mm. to survive indentured slavery for 400 years. You are people of resilience. You are people of extraordinary strength. And let's not forget, we also have black um, descendants of black slaves on the Caribbean islands. So this, yeah. you know, ADOS should also extend, you know, to, to, to people from Jamaica, from Barbados, from yeah. Vincent and Grenadine. So let's not center, I don't always like to center that, but let's deal with the American side of things first. That resilience, that fortitude is seen in Brother Malcolm X, is seen in people like Martin Luther King, who fought for civil rights, who fought for the Immigration Act of 1960 in America. They made it possible, and that's a fact. The civil rights movement also influenced and emboldened independence in Africa. That's a fact. It emboldened it. I'm not showing any direct links. I'm not saying somebody came. Or... No, you're 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 right. Like it was it, there was talk, a wave. African of... grew yeah. as a result of the strength of the civil rights movement. So we yeah. must forever give our doff our hats. And as a people, you see that resilience in them. And this is why I don't buy the argument of they they don't need handouts. In terms of when we talk about quota, right? Reparations they deserve. I said that right at the start. I believe they should be repaid in money. Okay. Do you think? Do you think? Um, yeah. You know. Do you think African continents deserve any form of reparations? Um, colonial maybe, but you know you have to take it up. Whoever your colonial master, we're talking. I, I, I. I no, because because if we if we acknowledge that the that the ultimate. Uh, if you acknowledge that the ultimate enemy is is whiteness, because like you yeah. could you could make the argument that like what made the Black American struggle the most profound, because like that was I guess like the um, focal point of the of the question I guess that was being asked of humanity at the time. Yeah. The question at that time was like, are Black and white people like equal like species? Mm-hmm. And you know that was a question that was being asked all over the world. But it was being asked in the most profound way in the United States of America. The reason being that, like at the founding of the United States, they told themselves a, a bit of a fiction that all men were created equal, mm. and they declared that they were constituting a group of states to live freely based on some ideas. Mm-hmm. So, black people called them out on that. Um, you know, fundamental tension that existed in their founding documents. And mm-hmm. it, it's reverberated around the world because, you know, at that time, um, also, this is like moving on to, into the civil rights era. At that time, also, it, there were lots of, like, ideological questions being asked of societies. What kind of society do you want to be? Democracy-loving society. What do you actually believe in? If we say, like, we're for the enlightenment, yeah. yada, 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 liberalism. Um, so... You know, like um, um, the the issue that like has has been at the forefront of the, of of this like you know phenomenon is okay, the black Americans that are here. You know, yeah. you guys have you, you guys have convinced us that um, you guys have convinced us that all right, we were right in the first place when we said um, all men are created equal. We actually don't think you guys are equal, but you caught us on a technicality, so. You're not going to be slaves anymore, but uh-huh. but you don't get to like drink out of the same like water fountains that you don't get to go to the same schools. Right? Yeah, you don't get to go to the same schools that we go to. Um, you don't get to eat from the same places that we get to eat. Blah 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 blah. blah. African Americans fight again, and the government says, "Hey, you can't do that because we say 
everybody is created equal. And the white people are like, you know, fuck that. You guys can't force us to live together. So we would all move out of, you know, this particular area where these restaurants are that you want to, or these schools are that you want to force us to go to and we'll pack ourselves into a certain area and we'll only live there and our property taxes will be great there and our schools will be great there. Um, And because, you know, in the minds of these people, like not just government regulations, like in the minds of these people, they carry in them this fundamental idea that they're dealing with an inferior set of human beings. Um, they socially enforce like these rules. So people don't rent to people. And then, you know, like money gets drained out of particular neighborhoods and black people who want to rent can only rent from certain neighborhoods and, you know, on and on through history. And we end up where we are today where um, black people are at the bottom of every like economic and like social indicator that exists worldwide today. Um, So we have, obviously like we have a problem and like, I think like the reason why that was able to happen was because the claim that was being made was that at least you're better off here than the people in Africa are. And what was done, I guess, like, you know, to the African countries, like in terms of like colonialism and the draining of resources, et cetera, et cetera, until there's a restoration of the continents, like blackness would continue to be like this, you know, um, qualified thing. Um, and black people would have to keep making this dance, you know, like, all right, I'm not like African, I'm black, I'm black American, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I mean, to your question about, you know, I think that's, you know, that's very kind of important analysis. Um, And just rounding back to the question of what, why, why do African-Americans feel that they have that preeminence of what it means to be black? I think if you look as well at popular culture um, and... Yeah, visibility. Mm. they, 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 They were just, you know, they, like you said, modernized things. So in terms of music videos, for example, and rap and how influential their music and fashion um, and um, sport and their prowess, right? Um, and that's why I say with all, it's a constructive point when I make about some of these avenues where they have clearly excelled every other form of race in America. Are you Latino? You're not as successful as a black athlete. You know, are you are you even, you know, maybe look at something like the NFL, but there's still in terms of quarterbacks, right? That's a very separate conversation. But most of the successful athletes in America, you know, are I'm talking Olympians here. I'm talking Abby mm. Douglas, I'm talking about um what's her name? The latest gymnast, I've forgotten her name now. Escapes me. Simone um, Biles. Simone Biles, forgive me. You know, you're talking about uh Michael Johnson, you know, just some of the greats. Um in their sports and in music. And are you talking about Samuel L. Jackson and Morgan Freeman, Sidney Poitier? Are you talking about Cat Williams? Are you talking about Kevin Hart, like him or hating? Are you talking about your fave, Dave Chappelle? Like mm. they sell and they, they, they do that expression, you know? And I mean, some of it is politicized, right? Because when I, I made the point about academia, I made the point about um, quaternary jobs. So. Jobs that require that beyond the 
primary, secondary, tertiary even level of education that require, you know, that, that how many of, because they're not quotas for how many black people can go into Africa. I wanna, I wanna, um, yeah. I, and yeah, I, I wanna like, um, cause I, I think like I remember an exchange that I, I saw recorded from the room. Mm. Um, first question is, how do you think white supremacy like affects Africans and African mm-hmm. countries? Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think of the argument that Africans should fight their own like fucking battles like in their countries? Um, yeah, you know, like if because. Because yes, the the demon is white supremacy, mm-hmm. but at least at least like in the West, white supremacy wears a white face. Mm-hmm. Uh, in African countries, like it's it's hard to explain. It's actually it's hard to explain how white supremacy entered Buhari's body, and <laughs> I made him a, a terrible president. Even though somebody could actually like you know with, with, actually, with like a Buhari. You know, it just takes a bit of history, and this is yeah, what... yeah, a bit of history with the thoughtful line. You like you could draw the line between you know white supremacy and the outcomes that we have now. In Nigeria. Right, so, when so like those those two questions for you, just you know. When when to, to do with the first question, um, how do I think that white supremacy affects Africans? Um, I think it's created the flight, the lack of talent that you see now, the 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 drain. It's created the idea that our own homeland isn't suitable it's created the idea that is that is that an idea (laughs) (laughs) you you know you know i mean their their pockets where if i give you a lovely car i think you're onto something just just sharpen ways now (laughs) and i give you a nice lexus you know i guard your children to and from school your wife has You know, I could you could create a semblance of a lovely life, right? So there there are people who live there who enjoy it greatly, right? Let's be let's be frank. Sure. But by and large, to the middle class every day. By, by and large, okay. By and large, uh. the, 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 there is a concept that you that the environment constrains. Okay. The environment constrains. Now, to your second point on Buhari, very quickly, we can actually no 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 no, no. let's let's let's. Still sharp with that first one a bit, like because because okay. I, I think like we we didn't really flesh it out. There is an idea that I think mm-hmm. you want to in the sense of like that white is right, western is better. Yeah. Um. Best. We grew up. Yeah, we grew up like you know longing for Kellogg's. Um. Anything that was in like was it Argo or what was the name of that magazine that we used to like? That August, we used to look August. at. Yeah, Argos like magazine that we stuck out all the time. Like, um, like it, it, it was it's a, it's a thing like ingrained in people's minds. Um, but at the same time, there is the legitimate phenomenon that life like is kind of shit, like in a lot of these countries. Um, so I I I, I think there's definitely like you know the issue of all right, like um white people like devalued the lives of Africans like during like colonization and that like has kind of done something to the psyche. I guess, but like, I, I want you to say more about what you mean when you say like white people, like or whiteness has created this idea. Um, okay, so I think when 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 we talk about that kind of idea, we talk about um, the idea of subjugation, the idea that whilst they were colonizing, they didn't allow black people to take on certain jobs, mm. e jobs, and learn and develop skills that would be useful after they left. Um, which is why once they left, a lot of the infrastructure crumbled. 
they, there were key things that they were in charge of that they didn't allow black people to learn. They didn't allow them to develop expertise. And now people can say, well, but Nigerians are some of the most educated people in the world. Zimbabweans are some of the most educated people. How can you say, but it's about institutionalized structures in place. And like you say, it affects the psyche because you have a group of people with a lot of resources and essentially it's like letting them out. And you've not given them the tools they need to, they need to, and when, when I say the tools, what I mean is that like, people say, oh, Nigeria's issue is leadership. Nigeria's issue is this, Nigeria's issue is that. But post-colonialism, the main issues we've had is that there's an issue with the identity. What mm. is Nigerian identity? Mm. Nigeria was just a geographical area. They just pulled together the lower Niger company and um, land from the north, amalgamated it for their own interests, not for the interests, for getting the structure, because there were structures in place before Nigeria became, there were kingdoms in place. There were people who had their own cohesiveness. What they left was a mishmash. I want us to try and reconcile some very, very, very hard questions um, here. So how do you... How do you, um, I guess like using the same word, how do you reconcile what you're describing with the pull yourself up by um, your bootstraps like idea or phenomenon? Like the, how do you reconcile what you're describing with the agency that still exists for people like making it's the, um, bad decisions? I, I think there's two types because there's, there's free will, there's predetermined, there's predetermination and then there's what you're talking about is ideally, you know, your free will, your, your, your free, your free, your agency, your free. Do, agency. I, do I hear, do I hear cultural criticism somewhere? Like I will criticize where necessary. I don't, I don't okay. hold back because I think. No, because, because if, if, if we're, if we're delving into like the cultural criticism angle. Maybe no, no, no. See, then we're getting into like, we're getting into the meat, the really meaty part. Now, yeah. Um, who gets to make like these like cultural criticism? Because we've been talking like we we acknowledge that okay, on one hand there is like you know whiteness and white supremacy and the centuries of brutalization, exploitation, um, destruction you know that that was done to African countries, um, the um, displacement of African peoples like around the world. So we acknowledge that 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 exists. We also acknowledge that there is agency. Mm -hmm. And there have been like um, decades, basically, of oppression by um, uh, colonial societies, you know. But but like there's agencies, and, and despite the fact that there has been all this like um, years of oppression, people have have still like made terrible decisions that have resulted yeah. in um, that 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 have resulted in like you know Africa or African countries being where they are today so how do you like who who gets to make like that criticism because like if, if you want to talk about like if you want to talk about um the things that plague the black community if you want to talk about the things that plague african countries um you're going to have to make cultural critiques um, yeah. of these like communities and you know it's hard, I, I guess. Like, and and I guess like the the goal for most people is to 
do it in a productive, healthy, non-prejudiced, non-bigoted way. Yeah. My question is, is that possible? Yes, but it's only possible through massive fission. Those who study physics know what fission is. (laughs) (laughs) It's only possible through revolution, to be honest. And when I say revolution, I don't mean thinking to this. I don't mean like, you know, just physical revolution. I mean, it's about a reorientation of the way society deals with itself. It needs to be a social contract between every single, because when, when you talk about Nigeria now, for example, the idea, I'll tell you something, for example, I was going somewhere and um, I saw that I was, I was trying to get into a place and I queued because that's what we do in the UK. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then someone's trying to bust him down the side. This is nothing to do with leadership. This is nothing to do with the president, the governor. This is an individual Nigerian citizen needing to take ownership of the rule of law, of their own actions and accountability for, oh, there's a queue. I will wait in line along with others who are waiting in the queue. So I think each individual needs to engage with a social contract with the society. And that's when I say, when I say revolution, I mean a revolution of the mind, of the thinking, a reorientation of what it means to be with our societies, with our surroundings. It's putting your trash in the bin instead of leaving it on the road. It's when it comes to, um, for example, oh, you see a wallet on the floor. You hand it into the, society, into the police. It's as a policeman following the rule of law, arresting and reading someone their rights. Seems very simple, but just do it. Arresting for probable cause, not collecting bribes. These are why are these things a problem? You're saying that you're saying there's a cultural problem. I'm saying I'm asking like are white people allowed to make these criticisms? Are black Americans allowed with a black with are white people allowed to make these critiques? Are black Americans allowed to make these critiques of Africans and African countries and vice versa? So are African people allowed to make cultural critiques of black Americans and I guess like the pathologies we we could call them that exist in the community? Whole different question. Um, I think they can make observations. They can make observations of what they see of African and and as long as it's constructive and within the context and this is what I always say. So, you know, um, don't make accusations of panty bomb sniffers or whatever. Panty bomb oh, booty scratchers, African booty scratchers. Don't make when when Africans are some of the cleanest people in the world, they will shower. Yeah. Day. yeah. Even the poorest African will go to the stream and get water, even if they don't have running water. They yeah. don't wash their hands. That's partly why COVID wasn't as devastating as they thought, because in Africa, sanitary is the one of the highest standards sanitary standards are held and taught to the classic african we don't go to toilet and not wash our hands it's just what we're it's it's the way you're raised it's the way so educated i think some of the comments that are made by white you know black americans in those rooms were uneducated that's the truth yeah and okay a follow-up question to that and like the fact that like clearly both communities are African-Americans are definitely uneducated, you know, um, about like... Not all um, of them. 
Uh, no, but 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 some of them are uneducated about like African like you know countries and um, cultures. And um, if I'm if I'm going to be like I guess like where my mediator pants here, we could say some Africans too are uneducated about like the struggles and the situation like that exists like with um, Black Americans as well. So, do you think like these are battles to be fought? Like you know the battles that like Africans are fighting with their identity in Africa, um, with the legacy of you know colonialism on their psyche and their attitudes towards like you know their own society, towards their government, towards policing each other, um, towards like um, um, women, all that kind of stuff, um, and the battles that like Black Americans are fighting um, here in the US and all of that. Do you think like these are simultaneous battles that should be fought like on their own? individually how 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 will the politics or how should the politics of you know blackness of a unified one people blackness be um done and does it even need to be like a unified like black politics i guess i don't think there needs to be a unified black politics because you have national borders for a reason you have mm. the practicalities of um, individual countries having their own autonomies. So mm. the idea that you can influence each other, so I, I go back to the civil rights movement and how they influenced Pan-Africanism and how they inspired perhaps independence in some areas. You know, seeing black cousins across the pond getting rights was, you know, we don't need to be colonial servants anymore. You know, yeah. inspiration, right? So you can inspire without necessarily interjecting is the best way to put it. Um, so to, your, to answer your question very succinctly, uh, no, I don't think there needs to be one black identity. I don't think there needs to be one black approach to politics. I think that a black man in Ethiopia, you know, or in Somaliland is dealing with very certain cultures. One black version of anti-racism or anti-white supremacist politics let, let me even be more let me be like a bit more specific do you think there needs to be like a, a unified um black version or so do you think like black people in africa like need to fight like the white supremacy that is affecting them you know take it up with your french like um i think they do overlords with your no no not just not just in political terms but like in but in explicit black white colonial you know high yeah. high high-minded rhetoric of these things um do you think do you think like Bwari and, and let's hope that Tinubu doesn't win but like do you think like politicians in in Nigeria and in African countries when engaging in the UN and on the world stage should start like you know talking about white supremacy and the legacies of colonialism and make more forceful cases for make more for, forceful cases for like you know the things that they want in those terms um or like should it should it be like a unified where we're all one black people like fighting like this you know global terror i think each i think each um each country should face their respective colonial masters um yeah. saying that um i think this is the th difference you know, again, you're trying to, I understand for the purpose of a discussion, but I just, I never get away from the context. And the reason I say that is because some of these countries are still codependent econom economically. Yeah. Can't, they're hamstrung for making those kind of 
um, ultimatums of get out of my land, stop touching my resources or else. But yeah, and I know that like we're wrapping up, but like that to me is the, you know, like the infinite loop that we're stuck in. And, yep. you know, like my, my, my closing, like, like word would be like the path towards black liberation um, for anybody in any part of the world, in any part of the world that feels the sting of white supremacy. So white supremacy, whether it's in a club in South Korea that they don't let you in because you're black or the phenomenon of anti-blackness in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, wherever, or the phenomenon of anti-blackness in um, the UK or in the US or in Nigeria, in, in African countries, the way they treat white people as automatically better. Anybody who's concerned about anti-blackness, the path to liberation runs through Africa. That's my closing word. Uh, it's been it's been real and it's real, man. Uh, lively, you know, spicy conversation. Very spicy. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 kind of what like you know we're looking for, and we hope you guys have a good time. Um, like, share, comment, let us know what you think about like you know some of the things we talked about, and we we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. See ya.